Hey, welcome to Recruiting Insight, where we connect you with the most successful recruiters and hiring managers and innovators in the real estate industry. Today, we'll be joined by Mark Johnson, the CEO of JPAR. For those of you who are not from Texas or may not have heard of JPAR, they started there, but they now do business in 25 states and over 60 metro areas in the U.S. They were recently named the 32nd largest real estate brokers in the country by Realtrends. Now, Mark has been leading JPAR for over four years, and he's put together one of the most remarkable recruiting stories that you're ever going to hear. Well, thanks, Mark, for joining us uh, this morning. Well, Ben, it's always a pleasure to spend time with you. You know, every time I spend time with you, I learn something. Well, that's good. I learned something too. And it's always a, so it must be a symbiotic here. We always learn something together. Well, it's great to have you here today. I know our listeners are, are looking forward to this because uh, um, of your story and what you're doing with recruiting. And, and uh, so to get started, can you tell me a little about JPAR? Well, you know, JPAR is an amazing uh, organization, one that I'm proud to lead and be connected with many other influential industry leaders. You know, in the last four years, we've we've had a 2.5 times growth in our agent count. That's a lot of recruiting, as you know. It's not only a lot of recruiting, it's a lot of retention. I mean, I, I work with a lot of companies who, uh, you know, recruit a lot, but their net doesn't go up very much. And, uh, you know, you've been really able to crack the code there a little bit at JPAR and just get that, you know, year over year growth in your net. And it's remarkable. Yeah. And part of it is just because of the culture, the service, you know, Price is never an issue, uh, you know. In the in the absence of value, price is never an issue. Mm-hmm. And so, one of the things that we really focus on, and I would encourage all your listeners to do, what's the value? If there's no value, people are going to have their heads up looking around. If there's value, you know, then it's a, a question is, you know, are you delivering value for the prices you charge? And it's a pretty simple equation: yes or no. No value, no retention. You have yeah. value. You're going to have lots of retention and recruiting opportunities. So that so that value plays on both sides. It all plays on the recruiting side. You've got to have a value proposition that's calling people to uh, to you, but it's also your value has to be real uh, in the sense that it's got to be, hey, I'm not going to leave because I'm not going to have anything better uh, anywhere else. Yeah. One of the things uh, I believe as a leader, and I'm leveling up every day as a leader mm-hmm. uh, that I've instituted in our culture is we are a continuous improvement company. If you went to any of my staff offices, they have one statement on their computers, and it says, we are a continuous improvement company. Oh, okay. And part of that is always the value equation. Are we delivering more value to our customers, the client, the agent, Mm -hmm. than the fees we charge? And we know if we deliver more value, we surprise and delight, we exceed expectations, then when it comes time for fees, you know, that's a secondary discussion. Right, right. Well, that, and I think that's a that's just a, it sounds like because you and I have talked about it before, but that's kind of the foundational piece of, uh, I think, all of recruiting uh, and, uh, and all of business, really. If you aren't offering something of value and, and that value proposition is not resonating with the with the client, then there's a problem there. Well, let's uh, let's dive a little bit more into uh, recruiting re- uh, specific. Um, and, and I think uh, just to for a lot of our listeners uh, to hear your story a little bit on the recruiting side, let's just start with, you know, how many, how many agents uh, uh, do you, do you recruit on a typical month at JPAR? Well, in a typical week, uh, we kind of break things down to daily and weekly. Uh, okay. You know, we'll recruit in this week. Uh, I haven't seen today's report, 
uh, but I suspect it'll be 25 uh, associates. Of the 25 associates, half of them will be new or newer agents to the industry, and the other half will be experienced agents, uh, you know, uh, producing 12 or more transactions a year. Okay. So you kind of break those into two groups, new or newer, below 12 fish uh, and then experienced above above 12. I think uh, so we're talking close to a hundred new uh, hundred you know recruits a month uh, who are and, and what's the percentage of new versus uh, versus experience is it about 50 50 you know each week's a little different but it, but it, it it approaches about 50 50. okay you know so, there's, um, there's a lot of people that want to get into this business right now because the prices are so high right right right. So, so the, these type of numbers, uh, I, I think, for for many people, are kind of kind of will blow their mind a little bit. <laughs> this, you know, this is a lot of recruiting. This is a lot of people in the door. Uh, and again, uh, you as as we said in the intro, you have uh, you know you have offices all over Texas, uh, and then of course franchises in various states uh, states across the country um, to get to this level. And I'm not saying everyone's going to get to this level, but what are some of your philosophies? What are some of the methodologies that you're using to to achieve this kind of success? Yeah, well, a lot of it comes down to everything we learned as an agent, right? You have to make it easy for someone to make an appointment with you, right? Mm-hmm. If, if it takes an act of Congress to get a meeting with you, no one's going to meet with you, right? So a lot of it, you know, is so simple. Like, is it easy to make an appointment? Uh, is it easy to connect? Uh, do people understand, you know, your, your value proposition? Are you connected in the communities? But it starts with, is it, quite frankly, how easy is it to make an appointment? Right. Okay. Well, so with these appointments, just to delve on that a little bit. So uh, um, are you primarily uh, doing doing, uh, virtual appointments, Zoom appointments, or are you actually meeting with people face-to-face? You know, what we find is it it depends on their, their stage of development. You know, there's probably five stages of development. You know, newer, newer agents want, want a little bit more hand-holding. The very experienced agents want confidentiality. Okay. And they don't want to have a meeting, right? They want to have a Zoom where no one can see that they're talking to us. So a lot of it depends on where they're at in their stage of development. And okay. we try to accommodate all of those. So, so mix of both of those uh, sounds like is what you guys do. Um, what else? What else? Uh, what other uh, philosophies tech, uh, and, and methodologies are you using? Uh, well, for, first, before it's got to be easy to make an appointment. And then once you have the appointment, you, you have to be able to have uh, what, what I call uh, the, the psychology of recruiting. You know, you and I have some expertise in that, mm-hmm. which is l- l- listening ears, right? Um, one of the other philosophies we have is we solve problems for a profit. Mm. Where, where I like to call each of my leaders chief problem solvers. Okay. I consider, I consider my title the chief, you know, problem solver. <laughs> and so, what we're actively listening for the pain points of folks reaching out. They're reaching out to us for a reason, right? They they have some thing that they want to be better at or fix in their business, mm-hmm. and we listen to that. And we, as we're listening, uh, we have a command of all of our resources in. If we have a solution for their problem, we can tee up the, the JPAR solution. And, and then you have a problem, solution, and a, and a match. And if it's a match, then you know you can move forward. 
So, so, uh, so that initial discussion uh, that happens, I think that's a that's a sticking point for a lot of people. I think there's there's a, um, a lot of companies that feel like they have a good value, they have uh, something to offer, they can solve problems. But uh, um, how do you how do you get that initial appointment? How do you get these people to? I know in your case, you, you haven't set their own appointments in many cases. But how do you engage them initially, and how do we how do how do you make that happen? To, to get them to make an appointment? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so so that really is a multi-pronged approach. Uh, you, you know, many of your uh, listeners listening in may engage in uh, the third pool um, uh, recruiting tech, di- digital mm-hmm. uh, marketing uh, that creates. Uh, maybe they have email campaigns. We do all, do all of these. So we have you know a, a digital approach, social media, email, phone call. Uh, we have internal ISAs, and we outsource to some ISAs that make uh, calls as well. So it's a multifaceted approach. We, we use uh, a system called PipeDrive to put all of these into and, and basically create a funnel. So we have people in every stage of development. And basically the funnel narrows it down to someone who wants to reach out and engage. Once they engage, we make it easy for them to schedule an appointment okay. uh, with one of us. And once we have that appointment, then we can put our listening ears on and become problem solvers. Gotcha. Gotcha. So we, so we have a multifaceted approach to get people to make the appointment. There's a number of different places. It sounds like it's a pipeline strategy. Someone may not be ready for an appointment today, but, but a week from now, a month from now, six months from now, they may be if they're followed up with properly, but everything funnels down into basically an appointment. That's yeah. what starts it, right? And it is a pipeline strategy. We recently instituted, Ben, I don't think I've shared this with you, but we do a, a weekly internal newsletter to our associates. And we've recently gone out to our pipeline and said, hey, we do this newsletter. Would you like to be part of it? We'll, we'll let you join it for a couple months until you're ready. So they're yeah. getting some experience of what we're communicating to our agents. Uh, if, and they have to opt in for that. But if they opt in, that's another touch point in our, in our pipeline that brings that funnel down. Ultimately, we hope to an appointment. Okay, so it's, it's almost sounds like there's, there's two funnels here. There's one funnel to get the appointment. Mm-hmm. Okay, then then after the appointment happens, you know, not, not everybody, especially experienced agents. I mean, sometimes it takes a month or two or six to to disengage from their their existing business. So it sounds like there's some follow up after the appointment that's pretty critical as well. Very critical. And one of one of my favorite success stories to share, one of my, one of my senior recruiters uh, worked on a experienced, a very experienced agent recruit. It took her two years, mm. two years to get her over. She's now on our broker support team, and she's now consistently in the top 10 agents in the entire company, but it it took us two years to get her, and our senior recruiter, that would have never happened without her tenacity, her persistence, and that would would not have happened if we didn't have her in a a funnel, in a pipe pipe drive that that allowed us to to not forget about her, Uh, but, but... Bless my recruiter. She, she was all over it, didn't let go, knew she should be over here, kept calling, kept touching, kept providing value. And it took two years. I mean, how many people do that kind of follow up in sales today? 
Yeah, and and, and unfortunately, um, it's the nature of, of much recruiting. I mean, it is uh, you know, there's that old saying: the fortunes and the follow up. And uh, you know, if recruiting, that's that's very very true. So, well, let's uh, as we wrap up here, I want to switch in and handle one issue. I think that uh, uh, many people anybody uh, have as a question because uh, I think many, many of our viewers who who know JPAR. Uh, and know that you're 100% commission model. Have this have this mentality or this concept of oh, you know, th- th- those people don't recruit. Actually, there's people lining up outside the door out there, just just you know, wanting to get into the company because uh, you know the, the the commission split, the model, and everything. Can you address that? Is that is that what's happening in your recruiting <laughs> world? Oh my gosh, you know, look, I, I've I've led split. Uh, companies and and flat fee companies, there could could be nothing further from the truth. Look, everyone has a competitor. Everyone has something that's going to, who's going to do it for less or do it for more. Um, uh, We're working just as hard uh, as I ever worked in a split model. Um, In in our our world, uh, the, the flat fee capped financial model, there are so many competitors that do it cheaper, different. There, there are more options, uh, quite frankly, than maybe on the split side. Okay. And, and so we're constantly defending our value proposition. I, I bet you this week I had 10 phone calls alone about, you know, hey, this brand X does it for half of your price and brand Z does this and brand, you know, there's nothing further from the truth that that the flat fee cap model is easy. It isn't. Uh, And just like your split uh, model uh, leaders listening in, you know, you make a policy change, Mm -hmm. agents put their head up, right? You make a procedural change, agents get their head up. Uh, Something happens in the marketplace that you don't address, agents get their heads up. You know, that behavior and that dynamic, whether you're in a split brokerage or a flat fee, it comes back to What's the value? Whatever your fee structure is, are you delivering greater value perceived or otherwise than the fees you're charging? Yeah, I think that's uh, there's a perception. I think that uh, um, you know, on one end of the spectrum, you can make the assumption that agents are not very smart and they can't figure this out, and I think that's a huge mistake. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, uh, you know, it's it's uh, well, this is completely finance driven. You know, is you know, there's always a trade off, right, of of expense. Uh, versus support, and and where's that sweet spot? And I think each brokerage is going to have a different sweet spot that may, for the right agent, is going to be the best thing out there. But right. move that person to the next brokerage, and it's not the best thing. Uh, so it sounds to me like what you're doing with your company and what you've been pretty successful at, at is is articulating your value, uh, and then delivering on that value so that uh, when people step into it, it becomes reality. Exactly. Because your brand, no matter what your brand is, your brand is only as good as the promises you make and keep. Right. And if, uh, I mean, I guess that's kind of a hard way to look at it, but your your brand is only as good as the promises you make and keep. And if you're not keeping your promises, you have no brand. Right. In my view. Okay. Uh now, Ben, the other thing, you know, I know we need to wrap up. Uh, you, you like to keep these short, but we could talk forever on this. But right. <laughs> the one thing I think that's important, and I think I've emphasized it a number of times, is listening. Mm. I, I recently just referred uh, in, in a state that we don't have a JPAR franchise in yet. 
a personal friend who, who went and interviewed with the local uh, branch office manager. Mm-hmm. And she called me afterwards and said, Mark, I couldn't get one word in edgewise because all wow. the person did was talk, 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 talk. And not once did they ask me what I was looking for. Wow. I mean, think about that. It, there was no listing there. It was all, you know, here, here's our story. Here's our story about, here's about us. And, and that's not what she was looking for. Right. No, that is so important. That is so important. And it's interesting to hear you say that because uh, even with that particular person, you know, they probably did have some real problems and they, they, that broker probably actually could solve them, but there's probably a pretty big disconnect or at least from your, from your friend's experience, it sounds like they didn't know what the problem was. Yeah. Cause, cause they were, uh, I, I think I've heard you say this. I, I forget which, how you say it, but the, the, the interaction should be 70% listening, 30% yes. talking, right? And if that equation's off, you know, even if it's 50-50, it's better than this was like 100% talking and 0% listening. Right, exactly. And that's just, uh, yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of psychology around and research around that the people who have the greatest influence are the ones that uh, listen the most. And uh, I think a lot of brokers, uh, you know, miss that along the way somewhere. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. Well, it's been great uh, chatting with you for a few minutes. We're going to have you on again soon uh, because I think there's much more wisdom that I think you could share uh, with our group here. Um, and now for those of you who are uh, doing the hard work of recruiting every single day, I want you to take what you've learned today and go make a difference.